Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205-913-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. Welcome to you today, and I'm thankful that you're here listening in. I really can't wait to share today's content with you. It is simply, well, incredible to borrow from the title. It did not originate with me, but as soon as I heard it, I wanted more of it. And it led for me to some exploration of an author and activist named Bob Goff, who I've never met, but I think already is one of my favorite people. His story and cues have led me to some introspection, some analysis of what it means to be awesome in this life, and is already starting to seep into conversations that I'm having with my wife and kids. And I'm just hoping that it has that same exact effect on you. So let me tell you how this all got started. I was on social media the other day, and I saw a post from a friend of mine, a sister in Christ. Her name is Kinsey Fountain. If you know Kinsey, text her a big thumbs up. The next time you see her, give her a massive high five. She put out a post on April 23rd that is still making a difference for me. It begins with this quote, Being secretly incredible means you found a way to be awesome without spinning up a ton of unnecessary attention for yourself. You just do awesome things and are content in knowing God sees what you've done. This is a direct quote from his book, Live in Grace, Walk in Love. Now, a quote like that demands that we turn attention to what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. And Kinsey posted this after the quote. When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And then under that, she put three words. The title of today's episode, followed by a big red heart. Be secretly incredible. I don't know how that phrase hits you, but it hit me hard. We are in a visual world, a social media world, a voyeuristic tune in and see what everyone else is doing type of society. And with that comes temptations, even for the best of us, to show people what we're doing. This internal validation that comes, not just from the act itself, but from the adoration and accolades that come out of it. This idea of being validated, of being seen as awesome, as beautiful, as incredibly blessed, becomes an addiction and can be the underlying motive for the things that we're doing. That's exactly what Jesus was talking about. He was addressing the Pharisees who prayed publicly so that they could garner the respect of the hearer, who gave to the poor but wanted all of their rich friends to see how giving they were. When they fasted, they would make themselves look as terrible as possible so that everyone could see how incredibly sacrificial they were. Jesus said repeatedly in that text, If that is the reason you are doing good, then the blessing you get 
from those who observe you is all of the blessings you're going to get. And just that simple idea can turn everything on its head. Sure, it makes me feel good when I share something I'm doing on Facebook and 200 people like it. But if that is all the reward that is coming and none will be coming from God, then I don't want any of it. And if my continual acts of goodness are dependent upon the accolades of people, meaning that they are liable to stop if others aren't patting me on the back, I'd say that would put me in some pretty dangerous territory. Now, as you will hear today, it's okay for people to know the good things that you do. How else will we inspire people? And we know that Jesus said to be lights, not hidden under a basket, reflecting his goodness into the lives of others. But as you'll hear today, if I don't want it to be about that, then it can't start about that. And the process has to go from private, personal, and selfless to public and known and edifying. Bob's story is a perfect example. I know about it because he told us about it. So is he making the very mistake he's trying to warn us against? He's supposed to be secretly incredible, and he's giving a TED Talk about how incredible he is. But it's the sequencing behind it that you and your family can start today. And if it is seen by others down the road by the will of God, your approach will be respected and imitated, not questioned and maligned. All right, let me get into that story that I referenced. After Kinsey's post, I started looking up all things Bob Goff, and I found a 10-minute TED Talk that he presented in 2014. And he talked about how he had become an attorney, and he had quite a few resources, and he wanted to do good for others, genuinely. So he reached out to major charitable corporations, places that you would know their name, and he said, we will do all of your legal work for free. We want to be associated with this institution. We want to be a part of this grand and well-known movement. And we want to do it for free. And over and over again, they told him, no, thank you. One of the places he was like, you're spending 800 grand a year on legal fees. I'll do it for nothing. And they said, nope, we're good. And this got him to question himself. Why do I need to be a part of a major institution? Is it important to me that I tie myself to them? That I am recognized because of that association? Maybe I just need to be secretly incredible. Maybe I need to think smaller and more personal. And to make a difference on a scale that starts small, but it's also doable and intimate, and all of my family can be involved. As he was going through that part of his open, it made me think about Christians sometimes and the way we are with local churches. We want to identify with the big church, the strong church, the well-known preacher, or whatever it is. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that unless we are seeking the validation that comes from it. And to people who attend at those churches or churches that no one's ever heard of, you still have the same job to do. Be secretly incredible. Start small and personal and intimate and individual. Find some things that you and your family can do. You don't need to be validated by anyone, not by an observer who pats you on the back or an association who thanks you for your involvement. So shortly after that, Bob started his own nonprofit and it began to develop. 
Fast forward a little bit to September 11th of 2001. We all know what happened that day, the terrorist attacks upon America. And he sat down with his three children at the kitchen table to talk about it. He says they hadn't heard about it because they didn't have a television. So just another one of those dads out there who's much better at their job than I am. But he sat down with his three children, ages 7, 9, and 11. He gave them each a piece of paper and a pen. And he said, if you could have five minutes with any world leader following this great disaster, what would you ask them? The seven-year-old wrote down, Dad, I would ask them for a sleepover. And Bob said, that's a good start. The nine-year-old said, I would ask them, what do they hope in? Which is a tremendously insightful question by a nine-year-old. The 11-year-old said, I don't know that they would come for a sleepover, but I would ask, if not, if we could go and visit them, bring a camera, interview them, and ask them what they put their hope in. So Bob told them this, put all of that together in one well-written letter. And I will go and find the addresses of the world leaders all over the globe, and we'll send your letter. And so that's exactly what they did. A few weeks later, they started getting mail back to their P.O. box, by the way. Bob said, I was not giving my physical address to some of these world leaders. And people like Tony Blair, the prime minister at the time of the United Kingdom, said, thanks, but no thanks. But then, the next week, they got a letter from the ruler of Bulgaria, who said, come on over. And then another one from the Prime Minister of Switzerland inviting them to burn. All totaled 29 world leaders invited them to come to their palace or castle or home. So Bob pulled his kids out of school and they took off. They had amazing experiences. They learned a lot. They shared a lot of joy and faith and were just awesome. One of those trips led them to Uganda, a country in eastern Africa. And they became friends with the officials there, and then they learned about something. That there were 80 young men in jail under accusation without any legal representation. Apparently, in that country, a family could make any sort of accusation, and they would put these kids in jail for years. So he thought, maybe I can help. And he asked one of the officials if he could try those cases. He ended up trying 250 total cases, but 80 of them were minors. 79 of those boys were set free to go home because of the work that Bob chose to do. During those trials, he found a boy who was missing parts of his body. And he found out that there is witchcraft and witch doctors in Uganda who regularly take body parts from children for their offerings. Though it was incredibly dangerous to oppose that in that country, he worked with that brave little boy to find the man who did that to him. And before they left that country, they had put that man away for 50 years. Now, there are a lot more details to those stories, and you're welcome to look them up. But in that short telling, do you see awesome in every part of it? They helped people who needed it. They didn't do it through great fanfare. They didn't have to attach themselves to some huge organization. They didn't care if anyone knew about it or even what risk it would bring to themselves. They were doing it for the very purpose of doing it and because it was right. 
He said this during his TED Talk, and I really like it. He said, you don't wear a jacket that says, I'm awesome. Instead, you wear an undershirt that says, be awesome. And that's what they did, and he's continued to do it. But think about how many wonderful things started at a kitchen table with a man and his three kids talking about something that they could do to make the world a better place. So I want to end by sharing with you four little things that I derived from this study that is really beginning to reshape my life and family. But first, a couple of final thoughts about Bob. I'm okay with him sharing that story. If he put it on social media, wouldn't bother me at all. Because he has proven, by the time he invested, the sacrifices he has made, and the way it all came together, that this is not about him. Not adoration, not accolade, just the act itself. I want to begin processes of charity and encouragement that start exactly that way. And also, in case I didn't say it before, he's not against major charitable corporations, no more than I'm against great churches doing amazing work or you putting a check in the plate on Sunday. But being secretly awesome is more than just attaching yourself to some great institution, and it's even more than laying low and putting a check in the plate and considering yourself humble. It is personal, emotional, and incredible. Let me give you four quick steps that I guarantee will get you there, and maybe you can talk them through with your family. Number one, identify passion. I love how they sat down to do that first. What do we want to do? If we had a chance to speak to someone, what would we want to say? You couple that with Bob's passion for law and litigating, and the whole story begins to come together. What are some good works in Christ and in life that you have a passion for that you don't need anyone else to applaud you to do? You just love it. It's something or someone that you think about often. Maybe you have gifts already in your life that God has placed there to make this easier or more natural for you. I think a lot of times we seek validation because it helps us continue to do things we don't want to do. That's why when people start running, they post their 5K times. They're counting on you to keep them going. But what if you didn't need that? This was something that meant a lot to you. And it didn't matter if other people cared or backed you. You're not going to ignore it anymore. Now, here is a second idea that can really help with this. Personal interactions. I love how in that story, they were connecting with world leaders one at a time. And then they met these boys in the prison and they wanted to help them. And then he partners up with this precious young child who'd been through such trauma and became emotionally involved because it was personal and it was real. Being secretly awesome, doing even the most sacrificial of things, is motivated from love, from caring about someone that you know or who knows you by creating interactions and relationships. And when we do that, it won't be about anyone else. This might lean you against larger corporate benevolence and more towards seeing someone right in front of you and drawing them into your life. In fact, it might even lean you away from social media posts for adoration or spreading the news around because you are trying to protect the interests and privacy of someone that you care about. 
Also, this becomes very reachable even for families with limited time or on a limited budget. Even in local churches, I just said in a meeting I was preaching last night, close your eyes in the middle of the auditorium after services, turn around three times, point your finger, and open your eyes. Chances are you're looking directly at someone who needs something. Go and make it personal and draw reward from how that relationship flourishes. I'm telling you right now, Bob Goff drew all that he needed from the entire trip by watching those boys be delivered back to their mothers and by seeing that monster put away so he couldn't hurt any more children. So let me put this third thing right there with it. Remember, number one, identify what your passion is in service. Number two, work on an individual interpersonal level. And then number three, explore needs that you are uniquely capable to fulfill. I mean, think about where we are in this process. There is something that means a lot to me. I have interacted with someone who I can help, and I love them. Now, what are the lengths that I can go to make a difference within that construct? Not generically. If there's someone who needs a place to stay tonight, don't make a phone call and donate to some organization that gives people a place to stay. It will not help that person sleep tonight. Big businesses aren't efficient in that way. Or sometimes when we see an individual who has real need, we reach out to get others involved, to let them contribute to it. And there's time for that. But first, explore the extent to which you can go, just you, just you and your family for this person. And this leads us to the last thing and maybe my favorite, remove limits. How often have you been limited in the past on how awesome you were going to be for the sake of the Lord or a Christian family or someone you met on the street? You had these preset barriers. And again, maybe the only way to get past them was to be somewhat applauded, and I don't mean that in a terribly negative way, or supported by the involvement of others. Give this exercise multiple benefits. One, helping someone else or something else that is in need, but also it's the changing of you, isn't it? You are becoming the kind of person who doesn't need to wear a sweatshirt that says, I'm awesome. You have this undershirt that says, be awesome. You are becoming the kind of person who is limitless in your investment if the thing you're doing is right. And one day others may follow in your footsteps. Look, let's sum this thing up. Identify that passion. Make it personal. Explore what you can do and remove limits. And you, like Kinsey and Bob and many others, will be secretly incredible. Thank you so much for joining in today. If you enjoyed this program, consider sharing it with your family and your friends. And if you're just in search of deeper Bible study or you want to share the message of Jesus with the children in your life, remember to go to creationtorevelation.com. This wonderful company run by Christians provides beautiful illustrations of scripture from beginning to end, putting the spotlight on Jesus. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.